Welcome. I hope you enjoy the conversation you're about to see between me and another comedian about religion and comedy. These are conversations I'm calling Disorganized Religion. God bless. And for those atheists out there, may nothing await you after this life. Hey, nerds. Welcome to another edition of Disorganized Religion. I am your host, Seth Lawrence, as always. And this week, we're joined by the funny and beautiful Nikki Bond. Nikki, thank you for joining us. Like, obviously, you're married because you called me beautiful. No comic has ever called me beautiful. Really? Obviously, have a wife. Oh, my gosh. That's so... uh, How shameful of these men out there. And women, not to discriminate. I agree. Thank you. I was like, my boyfriend doesn't even call me beautiful. That was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, that's why you're married. Yeah. Well, as long as he, what does he call you then? (sighs) Nothing. Like he doesn't call me anything. (laughs) So he just treats you like a cat? Just like, yeah, like, oh, look at your cute face. <laughs> Literally, I guess I am a cat. Yeah, I guess that's how I'm treated. <laughs> like, cute face. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Nikki, so I feel like you and I got to know each other most in uh, Las Vegas, which outside of context sounds really bad. Um, yeah, that's, well, depends who you are. It sounds I guess pretty that's cool. True. But, but as a married man, that sounds yeah. terrible. A married you know? Mormon man, yeah. Yeah, very bad. Yeah. But we performed uh, with the World Series of Comedy together mm-hmm. in Vegas. That's really where I feel like I got to know you. And yeah. then again at, at JR's in Valencia, California. Just all these great venues. That now are shut down forever. <laughs> yeah, we went and had a dinner at that weird place in Vegas. Afterwards. Yeah, that hotel spot, right? Yeah, then my friend who lived in Vegas for 10 years was like, where did you go to eat? And I told her, and she was like, that is actually the shittiest place (laughs) in Vegas. I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. I I asked the guy, how's the chicken noodle soup? And he just described what chicken noodle soup was. I was like, yeah, it's not. Yeah. And and he looked at you as though you were an insane person who didn't know what chicken (laughs) noodle soup was. I said, how's the chicken noodle soup? And he goes, it's pretty good. Uh, I like, yeah, I, I like it. It's, it's flavorful. And, but I haven't had it here. I just had chicken noodle soup. I had my mom's. I'm like, no, I know what chicken noodle soup tastes <laughs> like. What are you talking about? I don't know how your mom's chicken noodle. That was so insane. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to know how does this anyway? Yeah. yeah. And we, we did not choose this location. We went no. with a group of performers with the evening to get some feedback on our sets. Mm-hmm. And as I recall, we got some decent feedback. Yeah. That night. So yeah, it's good. We did. Yeah. Wait, did, did you place that night? No, no. Thanks for rubbing it in. But you placed the last the next night. At JR's I placed. How did yeah. you do the next time? Uh, well, what do you mean at JR's? Mm-hmm. Got, I got third. I got third. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So that went fine. That went fine. And then we were going to perform again, right? You and I were going to be on the same show again, Arch Nemesis yes. again in yes. Arizona, which has exploded with coronavirus. Yeah. So. so what's the, like, I don't even know. All I know is that we were exploding. Yeah. And they kept telling us, it was so funny because then one day he's like, guys, don't worry, we're going to perform. <laughs> and I kind of was like, I don't know if I want to, like, I can't decide. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, then it was the next day that he texted yeah. saying they've act, we're, they've actually shut it down. We're going to reschedule. Yeah. It's been postponed. So. Yeah. It, it was, my boyfriend was like, really, you're going to like go and do this. I was like, well, 
Yeah, I yeah. guess. But did your wife, <laughs> was she like, it's okay, go do it? Or what was she? Uh, no, my wife was like, that sounds insane. Um, and I said, yeah, but it's probably going to be canceled. And yeah. so she and I both were sort of like, I think it's going to be canceled anyway. So yeah. my logic was it would be better to hold the spot in case they do postpone it. Yeah. And if they don't postpone it, then I'll go and not touch anyone or anything. Exactly. I wasn't yeah. even going to take the mic out of the stand. <laughs> I, I bring my own mics. I went Ooh. to one open mic last yeah. week. Oh. And I brought my own mic. Yeah. So how was the open mic you went to? Okay. So it was fourth <laughs> wall. And oh, okay. it was great. Like, yeah. okay, it wasn't that great. But like, it well. was around the time that other, people have been doing like the underground mics. And I was yeah. like, I'm definitely not doing that. But then things start, like, things start to open up, restaurants, yeah. all that. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll go and do a mic. I felt like everybody was doing it. So like, I obviously do what everybody does. No, right. but <laughs> I just was like, okay, you know what? Everything is opening up. All the mics are opening up. Must be okay. It must be okay, but I also knew necessarily what, like, I wasn't like, I'm going to get back on the train. It was kind of, I, I used to do like, uh, how many, how many mics did I do? I did like seven, at least seven a week mm-hmm. and seven to 10. And I wasn't going to do that. I, I was like, oh, it was one of those things where it's like, it was like going out for dinner where you're like, well, I did it once this yeah. month, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to get some reps in. Yeah, just to get, yeah, that's how I was like, well, maybe I'll get up. So I went and, you know, they were like, all of them are saying we clean the mic after everyone wears a mask. So I was like, that's cool. Right. I was going to go to Mike's for left, but then I was like, it's such a small room. That's so dumb. Yeah, like, that's actually yeah. so dumb. Yeah. So, so did you go to the, did you get some pizza? Is that the location no, you went to? No, I didn't to? get the pizza. That's where I went though. Yeah, that's a nice um, big room. It's a big room. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is fine. But then, uh-uh. and he was cleaning the mics, but I went there and no one was wearing a mask. And uh-huh. for me, I was like, okay. And I kept it. People, some people wore a mask and then they took it off when they got in there. I'm like, no, that's the opposite of what you're <laughs> supposed to do. You're supposed to like yeah. wear it inside when you go outside, like yeah. you're outside. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, um, oh boy. Yeah. So then I, I kept it on the whole time. I was like, I'm not taking it off because I see my parents and it's just like, I can't, yeah, I yeah. gotta be careful. So you performed with the mask on? I did. Well, no. So then when I got on stage, no one, everyone had their masks off. Sure. And then I was like, listen, guys, because I realized it's all like 20 year old boys. And I was uh. like, I feel like a loser because you guys aren't taking your masks off or because you took your max masks off but then i realized I like yeah, yeah i was like but then i realized i'm fucking 10 years older than you i'm not right. gonna listen to a bunch of 24 year old boys you fucking idiots and good for you that. yeah i was like <laughs> oh you're so cool with your masks off anyways yeah i i took it off when i put my own mic in i was like trying to speak through it and then i was like okay i can't so then i took it off while yeah. i was up there with my own mic and yeah. then i put it back on Got it. Did you see guys in the audience start to put their masks on as you were berating oh. them? No, they weren't. They, they weren't there to impress me. you at all. No, they didn't see because they don't call me beautiful. So. Unbelievable. They didn't even bring masks. They didn't even Unless have them. They didn't even have them. Jeez, this generation. This. this I hope Gen they Z. die. It's not bad. Like I actually, it's weirdly enough. Okay, I don't hope they die, but I hope they get it. 
Yeah, and, and get real sick. A, yeah, like that's yeah. coming from a genuine place. I realize I'm a horrible person. <laughs> but when I'm like, you guys, like if you're not wearing a mask because you forgot it, whatever. Yeah. If you're not wearing a mask because you actually believe in that, to be honest, I'm like, to each yeah. their own. If you do, yeah. if that's what you believe. But if you're not wearing a mask because you're a 24-year-old boy who's trying to be cool, then I hope you fucking shit your pants with the Rona. Yeah, I mean, even those who claim it's a 100% hoax. Yeah. I also think maybe we shouldn't, you know, copy yeah. those people. Like, yeah, they should yeah. not procreate. Yeah. Yes. You know? Yeah, that's what that, I'm saying. Yeah. 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 So well, at least we agree on something. Uh, yeah. We might not yeah. agree on much as this podcast continues, but at least yeah. we agree on who should not procreate. Uh, how long have you been doing stand-up, Nikki? Four years. Four and a half, I guess. Yeah. Four? Well, oh. I mean, I should probably take the half off considering I haven't <laughs> done it in four months. <laughs> so, know. yeah, four years. Oh, man. Yeah. I keep thinking about how nice it feels to be on the same page as all the professional comedians, the paid regulars of the comedy yeah. store. We're yeah. all doing the same number of gigs, baby. I know. It kind of is like settling, isn't it? Like, yeah. It's like, you're like, well, yeah, <laughs> I, I feel okay about where I'm at. Yeah, we're all on the same page. How do yeah. you how do you think the comedy scene is going to be post? I mean, busy? Do you think there are going to be more comedians, less, because they can't do it anymore? What do you think is going to happen when the whole world opens up again? I don't. I genuinely don't know and i people like to talk about everybody's like is comedy gonna end and i don't think it's gonna end i don't think so i i really don't know i think that a lot of people are you still in la uh yeah 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 i think a lot of people have moved back home yeah and i was saying and i don't know what that how that will turn out for people like and i just say that in the sense of like I wouldn't move back home myself because I think that I would like put me into my, the comfort zone of like, it's kind of like going back into reality. You know what I mean? Like you're not doing stand up. You're back at home. You're back where like you grew up and your friends and either you could hate it or you could be like, Oh, this is nice. And it gets comfortable, you know, Yeah. like yeah. getting, like getting when getting in your bed at three o'clock and being like, ah, you know yeah, what? it's cozy. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really know what to expect. And what I'm do you hope really... happens? Do you hope that all those who had to move home can't come back? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had the same thought. There are some yeah. that I would love to see come back, but yeah. I, think, I think all of the open mics were way too overcrowded. And if we can wean some of them out, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I think um, I... Hope it does wean people out. Uh, I also, though, like the one thing that makes me think and like worry or hate myself is like the people that are doing mics throughout all of this. And I just won't do it because I have asthma too. And I just, yeah, I'm like a fucking, I'm a walking death case. Yeah, you can't be out. I do wonder, I'm like, are people that are doing mics right now going to be the ones that make it and then I think about it and I'm like nah but (laughs) uh that does kind of filter out like the devotees or just the really lonely people that don't have a life outside of stand-up 
Yeah, I don't, and I don't even think it's a devotee kind of thing because, you know, as you're talking about, there are young guys out there doing it who haven't even fully developed their brain yet. They don't yeah. know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there are people that have to do this, as you're talking about, because they're so lonely. And then there are those that think, if I keep doing this, I will make it. Yeah. But at yeah. some level, for some of us, it doesn't matter how many times we do this, we're not going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Me. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Let's name them. Yeah. Ah, no. <laughs> you send me the list and I will confirm. Uh, I got a few. Yeah. yeah. Oh my so gosh. I, I think that, I think that there's part that like it will wean people out, but I think it's going to be even harder because I think it's going to get hard. all the work that we put in to get on shows and stuff like that. I feel like could be lost. Like all the shows that we did before the people that you knew before have they forgotten about me i mean that's my abandonment issues but i'm like uh, have i been forgotten about like sure. am i going to be asked to be on shows i don't like no one's going to remember me it's such a weird that's yeah. my like disaster yeah. ring i feel like it's all on pause i don't feel yeah. like it's a you know shark swimming and if you stop moving you die kind of yeah. a situation it's i think it's just on pause everyone's treading water yeah. and then once things come back people are going to want nikki bond back on their show because they like nikki bond yeah you know? yeah i don't think but it's going to be lost i just wonder if the shows are going to be harder to get on because there's going to be less people in the crowd i don't know oh, i guess it's just if there's a vaccine out. yeah if there's yeah. a vaccine then things will be uh yeah i don't know i mean i think people are going to be anxious for entertainment when it is safe to go out. I also think people will weigh the risks and I think outdoor shows are going to be coming back uh, stronger. I think that's, what's going to be up first, which they're tougher shows, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think those are going to be the more accessible ones. Um, I mean, my wife was like, Hey, why don't you contact a drive-in movie theater, which is a great idea. Yeah. And then come to find out Bert Kreischer has been doing that in the Midwest with his tour. He's doing no driving way. movie theaters. Yeah, he posted about it on Instagram. Wow. Oh, yeah, so, right, right, right. And then they sit in their car and they honk when... Yeah, yeah, yeah. which sounds terrifying, but could be, could be fun. I don't know. I mean, I think there are going to be some adjustments that will have to be made. Yeah. You know, before yeah. traditional live stand-up comes back for sure, but... Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So are, have you done all of it in LA, all four, four and a half years? Yeah, I have. Um, I started in LA, which is, did you start in LA? Yeah. 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 I started, I, I had never wanted to do stand up. Like it really wasn't anything. It wasn't even on my radar. And like I had a friend that did it and I was like, eh, eh. I yeah. could never do it. And then I moved to New York and I had another friend there who did stand up and he was like, you should do stand up. And I was like, like absolutely no. not like <laughs> wasn't even like it never even made me go oh like I genuinely was like I can't do that I can't write jokes I can't I can't do any any of that interesting and then yeah like I really couldn't wrap my head around it but I did improv yeah. and I okay. did UCB and all and Second City and all that shit and you did and that then, in New York or you I did Second City in Toronto and oh, then okay. I did UCB in New York got it and then I moved here and then I did used to be in groundlings. Out here. Yeah. 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 So you moved to LA for improv. 
I moved to LA for an acting school. Actually, I was going to Atlantic, okay. uh, which is a New York conservatory. And then they said, Oh, you moved to LA, finished the program there. You'll study with William H. Macy and wow. um, David Mamet. Like they ran, they own the school and they were yeah. running it. And I was like, that's sick. I'll go. So I moved here and then they canceled it three weeks before it was supposed to start. No. Yeah. That's awful. Why did it they was, cancel it? Because they didn't have enough students. Get out of here. No. Like, they didn't promote it in L.A. enough. So they were kind of banking on getting, like, famous people to be students, I guess. And they didn't. Like, they were just not good at promoting it. And, like, they oh, made geez. me go through the ringer for the audition. Like, it wasn't like, oh, go to the school. Like, yeah. I had to, like, properly audition and do an interview and all that kind of jazz. And then, yeah. And, and then you I, got here. I got here. I bought a, I bought a car. Oh I got gosh. an apartment. Like I did everything. And then they just canceled it. I remember getting the call and it was like, hi. Oh, so uh, message machine. I have, oh, I have some upsetting news. We're going to have to cancel it, but I hope that you have a, thank you. Like be in touch. And I was like, <laughs> what? I lost it. I like, yeah. screamed at them. Because you moved for that class. I moved for it. I was like, that was my diving board. I have nothing oh. here. I have one friend. I have yeah. nothing else. All my family's on the East Coast. Like, yeah. I have absolutely nothing. And oh, they my were just gosh. Like, they were like, well, we'll, we'll, get, you a, we'll do, get you a couple classes with one of the teachers. And I'm like, that doesn't help me. So I still haven't let it go. Like I'm ready. <laughs> My first interview on Jimmy Kimmel is going to be me being like, okay, before we talk about my TV show, I just need to tell you about um, what happened to me. <laughs> yeah. William H. Macy can go hang himself. You know what? I actually don't even think he knows. And and because like he's so far removed from it and I oh but i wanted, thought you said they owned the school and they, they were going to teach it. the classes it's true like he knew it was canceled but i don't think he understands how poorly the school is run oh. i think that he's very like disconnected from it and it's like it. other people that run it now yeah he owns it but like he doesn't give a shit he's shooting yeah, you yeah, know yeah, yeah. Yeah. but i did see him uh my first month here he was in the bar that i was oh. in and i was like <laughs> and everyone's like go say me. something yeah and everyone's like go tell him go tell him and i was like no and i was too scared and then finally i was like okay i'm gonna go tell him and then i couldn't find him oh. but i will next time i see him i legitimately will tell him <laughs> now enough time has passed you're like no yeah. i'm just angry i'm angry yeah, enough i'm so angry that i don't care what bridges are burned here yeah. with william oh, no. h yeah. yeah yeah wow so acting in new york and you'd been, you, so let me just get the timeline right. So the friend you had in New York who did stand up, was that after the friend you had in LA who did stand up or you? Sorry, no, I had a friend in Toronto that did stand up. Oh, got I it. I moved from Toronto to New York. My got friend it. in New York did stand up and, and then, then I moved, moved to LA. Yeah. 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 So what was different between, I mean, were you at all a part of the stand up culture in New York? Just had a friend who did it. Just had a friend who did it. Like, got it was not part of any sort of stand-up culture. And even yeah. when I moved to LA, I was like, it did not cross my mind. Like, not for a second. I was like, groundlings yeah. all the way, improv on the, all the way. I was 
on teams. I was doing all that shit. I did the gremlins program, the whole thing besides yeah. writing lab in a year. Like I did all wow. the levels. I was oh just my like, gosh, you were yeah, in. I was in. And then I had a break and I waitressing. There was one month where. And when you say break, you mean you took a pause or. Yeah, I took a pause okay. because when you do groundlings, once you finish, finish the last level, you go on to writing lab. If you get accepted or if you're passed, uh-huh. but it's like a wait list. It's like a, it's like uh, almost a year long and takes a really long time to get in. So that you were on the wait list for lab. Yeah. That was your break. And that was my break. Okay. And then I was, uh, I had a friend in Groundlings, Hannah Dickinson, who's like an amazing stand-up comedian. She's in New York now, but we were in a level together and we got along and I remember her like talking. I don't know. There were two stand-up comedians in my class. Mm. And even then I was like, you guys are crazy. Like I can't yeah. believe what you do. But then when I had my break in Groundlings, I waitress and there was one month where three different tables, was it a month or it might've been a week actually. Yeah. I think it was, a, it was a week, not a month. And there was one week where three different tables asked if I was a stand-up comedian and I was Jeez. like, no. And then they're like, you should be. Yeah. And the first time I was like, haha, yeah. Because I'm like really snarky and sarcastic and like right. fast. Right. Because I just don't care anymore. I'm yeah. over it. And well, then, and improv teaches you to be that way. Yeah, that's to true. To some extent. Maybe not the cynical, yeah. snarky part. But no. yeah, the thinking fast part for sure. Yeah, yeah. And before when I waitressed, it was like me trying to be nice and like, ah please everybody right and then like right. now i was so comfortable in my restaurant because i'd been there for two years i guess three no two and so i was just like myself and not afraid of anybody and like just was over it like i used to be really polite and like timid yeah. or like when i first met you i wasn't myself and then the second time a table said it, I was like, huh, okay. And then the third time I was like, wow, like this is actually really, it was crazy. Like I, that's when I was like, maybe I just should try it. Fuck it. Like I was still scared, but I was like, okay, yeah. you know what? Maybe I'll, I'll do it. Wow. So that was, that week was the moment. That was the, the moment. signs, the signs from God that you needed to start yeah. stand up. Yeah. And what was your first stand-up experience like? Where'd you go? Well, what I did was actually a pussy move. And I did okay. a workshop. Um, oh, all right. The thing that, yeah, that, that kind of drove me a little bit because I was like, okay, I want to try stand-up, but I don't know how. And right. I absolutely no idea what I'm doing. Sure. But there was like this workshop that a casting director was holding. So I was like, you know what? I'll do Kill Two Birds with One Stone. I'll do this casting director workshop that teaches stand up. Yeah. Which like I don't recommend to anybody that wants to try stand up, but Was it I not did, very good? No. Uh, what kind good. of things do they tell you or teach you? Like absolutely nothing. Like the oh. only thing that the reason why I did it was cuz I was still acting at the yeah. time or trying to and then I was yeah. like, "Oh, I'll get in front." But it it wasn't it was like we, we would go in and she'd be like, okay, take 20 minutes to write about this topic or take, and then read me your mom. Like we'd have to read her what we wrote. And she'd be like, Oh, that's, Oh, that's a good point of view. Or that's a good, this like no joke structure, oh. no, like absolutely nothing. And then yeah. like we went and wrote our own bits and our monologues that we were going to do. And at the time I was like, I, I felt like I was like, this isn't enough. Like I can tell that this isn't. Yeah. 
I'm not, this isn't how to do stand up. So I was reading a book and like figuring out how to do jokes while mm. I was taking that course. Yeah. But a lot of other people just had their like monologues about like their life experiences. And anyways, so my first, I did the workshop, never got on stage until the night of the showcase. Oh gosh. Never touched a mic until sure. the night of the showcase. Jeez. And then it was at the improv. Of course. <laughs> of and course. Then, yeah. And then it was like, that was the first time I'd ever been on stage, touched a mic. Had in the lab. No, the main no, room. The main room? Yeah. Nikki. Oh, man, this is crazy. All <laughs> right. It's crazy. But I look back on my tape and it was still like, it was pretty good. Like, yeah. I look at it and I'm like, man, I wish I was still like that kind of energetic energy, you know? Right. right. I was still like, oh, but what, what book were you reading? Do you remember? Judith, whatever her name is. I'm not good. At, I, the comedy I, Bible or was it? Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh no, not the comedy Bible. It was a stand-up book. I didn't finish it. I, Fair I just enough. like was reading the types of jokes and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But, well, you had the intuition, the intuition to know that what this casting director was saying wasn't the whole yeah. truth. Well, the good thing about it was like, she definitely gave you confidence to it, confidence and like helped you figure out what brand you were and that mm. kind of shit. Yeah. But not even because I realized I wasn't that brand, but it takes, it takes you a while to like learn your voice, you know? Yeah, of course. Of course. And but, at least to get down writing, that's, yeah. that's useful. Yeah. 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 Like in Bateman, like pumping us up to go on stage, but right. right. So was anyone from the improv, you know, booking department there at the showcase? No, no, it's no, probably no. for the best. It's yeah, the no, best. absolutely not. Yeah, like no way. She rents out the room, I believe. Like yeah, they even put up like a blanket so you can't see the improv. Oh, <laughs> they were like, "This is not us. We are not <laughs> condoning this yeah, show. They're, like, they're just no. using our space." Yeah, exactly. That's hilarious. Yeah. So after the workshop, you had at least a taste for it that you liked it? Yeah, I liked it. I was like, okay, that was that was actually pretty easy. It was like one of the easier things I had ever done yeah. in terms of like the arts and not having to work too hard to not book shows, but to not having to work too hard to, to um, feel comfortable and to feel to, comfortable. Yeah, yeah, to be like, oh, I actually was like I actually could say I was good at that. So yeah. then the first year, first year I didn't take it seriously. Like I only did bringer shows and I did them like once a month and mm -hmm. I wouldn't practice and I would practice in my room before I didn't go to mics. I wasn't ready to like give myself over to it. I was like, still, I'm an actor, I'm an actor. And I yeah. just did it on the side for fun. Right. I was like, it made me feel good. Cause I was like actually good at it. So I would like do it for an ego boost sure. um, which is crazy because now i don't do it for an ego boost. well it, once uh, you start look. taking something seriously then you realize i think oh here you know here's where yeah. i kind of messed up i could have done this better or... yeah then you want to perfect it yeah the bringer so shows I, you did those where at the improv at or the, the store? comedy store yeah. at the store in the original room i did love those though yeah them. which like, show was it was it the d's nuts show was yeah, it? yeah 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 have you done those i haven't i haven't done the d's nuts one no the crowds are so good yeah d's nuts because they're just like oh, we're here 
yeah well and they've great. been doing it for a long time there too yeah. so yeah and like, to be on the original room stage come on yeah it's true i wish that i could do that show without it being a bringer show because it's just such a great one room. day like one day nikki they'll yeah. call you up true you know what you're, you're doing yeah yeah uh, <laughs> so yeah then I, then finally i after a year I started doing it a bit more and more. And then I was like, okay, actually. And people were like, you're good at that. Like, why aren't you trying harder? Why aren't you trying harder? Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm doing all this other stuff. And then I went back to groundlings Mm -hmm. and then I realized that I, I was in it and I was like, I like stand up way more than this. Oh, like you made the lab. So you're on the writing squad. Yeah. Yeah. And I just started to, dip my feet more into stand-up in, in terms of like doing at least at least like four mics a week yeah um but it but I didn't force myself it was like yeah so then once I realized like oh I actually like the I like it so much more yeah then I was like okay you have to take it seriously and you have yeah. to like actually go up at least seven to ten times a week and you have to yeah you like have to write it out. Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. Take note of which jokes work, which ones don't. Why not? Yeah. So what mm-hmm. did you like about stand-up so much? What was it about it? Um, I guess I liked, first of all, I liked the people better. I liked that I could be like mean, I could be myself and mean and sarcastic and like, yeah. <laughs> like I could just shoot the shit. Sure. I thought I liked the people better, but now I'm like, the more you're in stand-up, the more you're like, oh, these people are annoying. <laughs> well, I think, <laughs> not you know, everyone, but you, you got to find you know. your pockets, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the ones that aren't going to make it. Um, <laughs> those ones we'll are discuss annoying. our list. <laughs> um, <laughs> I liked, I just felt like I finally became myself was what happened, actually. Yeah, I felt like it was the only place that not the only place that's such bullshit like besides like how I was with my friends but in the industry it was the first time that I was like like every time I go to an agent meeting I'd be as I said I was so like oh and then I was like what the I I could (laughs) actually like trying to impress yeah (laughs) and I was like this isn't yeah you're annoying you're annoying like I and I just felt like I could be it helped me discover who I was. The more mm-hmm. I started doing it, even before I started taking it seriously, I realized like my voice, not my voice in stand-up, but my voice of who I am. Yeah. And it started to help me with acting with commercials because I was like, I am not going to be your spokesperson. I'm going to be the one, like I just did a commercial where I'm angry on a bus. And it's like, that's, it made me realize <laughs> who I am. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally so see you doing that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So I loved that I found myself, but I also just love what I loved was being able to share like my past and my vulnerabilities and putting it out there for other people to feel comfortable with themselves. Like I've always been like, my friends would always call me the dog because I just want to make everybody comfortable and make sure everybody like, okay, like, like I'll be the one to like embarrass myself or say something really raw or honest in order to crack the ice for everybody yeah and so that to me is like bringing a room of people together and if I can like be honest and tell you like my pain or what my insecurities are or my past and you have the same past as me and then we can both laugh at it just to make people feel comfortable and 
when I realized that I got to like do all that shit that I like to do with my friends or in social setting, I was like, this is so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There is, I, I find it interesting that a lot of people find, you know, public speaking typically is like the number one greatest fear. Right. Mm-hmm. And I like you started in improv. I didn't do improv for nearly as long as you did and not nearly as formally as you did. But when I started with improv, I also thought I could never do stand up. That seems terrifying because mm-hmm. it's just you up there. Uh, but there is yeah. something really liberating and safe about just being you yeah. up there. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which is perhaps a little counterintuitive, but yeah. Uh, very fun. Interesting. Yeah. So once the world opens back up, Nikki, we'll see you at the D's Nuts show as not a bringer, as a, not a bringer. true, no. legit comedian. Yeah. That's going to be exciting. Wait, I have a question. What are all the things behind you? What are you getting? Well, these are my these are my many accolades and uh, awards from this glorious world of ours. So there's my undergrad diploma from BYU. Uh, That over oh my gosh, it's so hard to do this reverse. Who's getting motion sickness? Um, (laughs) That is my law school diploma from UNC. That's the North Carolina bar certificate because I was licensed there and practiced. And this most most proud of all oh my gosh best comedian best comedian hillcrest elementary you can't see because the light there you go hillcrest hillcrest elementary school elementary school yeah baby in utah i was the best comedian in my fourth grade fifth grade class something like that there you go so funny you're a lawyer you you're a lawyer too I was. I don't know if it's fair for me. I'm retired. I'm a retired attorney. Wow. Yeah. What were you an attorney for? Uh, so I worked with a small law firm in North Carolina for a little over a year doing business stuff, mostly contract review and uh, editing. Oh, yeah. We wow. help small okay. businesses, typically family owned, uh, a lot of real estate, some tech companies out there, help them wow. do corporate governance stuff and land deals mostly. It's very fun. Crazy, okay. Wild, wild. I'm a wild and crazy guy. Yeah, okay. Uh, Yeah, where did you grow up, Nikki? Toronto. Okay, Toronto. And then how did your family end up on the East Coast? Well, like, Toronto is East. Not the East Coast, but, like, East. East. Toronto's East Coast. We call ourselves East Coast. Okay, I'm thinking of Canada. You're not, you're not Toronto, Canada? Yeah, Toronto, Canada, but it's right by New York. Yeah, I guess that's true. That is true. I So fun fact about me, I served my mission for the Latter-day Saint Church in Quebec, which is, oh. really, which is really the East Coast of Canada, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so, really, yeah, okay, okay. You're getting like, I, mean, I have come to on. feel like, well, what would you call, what would you call Toronto? Uh, Canada, the Midwest, flyover state. No, hey. <laughs> no, Toronto's definitely east. It's yeah, definitely east. You made me east. doubt right. myself. I was like, am I so stupid? <laughs> no, no, you're not. It's your country. I don't know. Whatever you guys called it is correct. I have no idea. Um, but I just didn't. Anyway, that's just not, in my mind, it was not like, you know, it is very close to New York. Yeah, okay. So. But it's, Fair enough. We're east coasty. We're more east coasty than Quebec. Yeah, 
like you mean in is in terms of united states east coast yeah yeah like our vibe yeah yeah oh yeah Yeah. for sure that is 100 percent true yeah yeah quebec is a very uh confused place Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's very interesting i love it can't wait to go back we all got to go back for jfl at some point right true true yeah uh so toronto uh and when did you move to the u.s is that when you moved to new york yeah in 2012 Ah, yeah 2012 gotcha so have you gone through the citizenship stages for yeah my dad my dad's american so i got dual citizen look at you you're easy peasy that's great yeah lucky you passports good good you made it in right before coronavirus you know good good eight years before covid yeah, it's true. And now you're never getting now, out. Now I'm never leaving. <laughs> now I'm like actually here. Yeah. yeah. Are you ready to talk about religion now? Yes. Let's do it. This is okay. my favorite part. So God obviously told you you had to be a comedian. Uh, did you grow up believing in God? All these no. signs he sent you with these these people no. you had to serve? No. No, no religion no. at all growing Like up. literally absolutely no religion whatsoever. So my... My dad wasn't around um, mostly when I was growing up, but he believes in God, mm-hmm. but he's not really religious. He more like believes in God. He reads like AA, like, okay. he's, you know, um, yeah. but he, he did grow up with a religious family. So I didn't have him impact me. My mom did not like, I haven't ever been to church a day in my oh, life. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. But I yeah. did believe like, because I didn't know about religion, I did still like when bad things happened, I would go, dear God. And I would like pray, mm. but I didn't know what I was doing, but I would pray. Like I would pray all the time. Like, please don't let there be a war. Like that's all I cared about. I was like so afraid of war. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Right. Um, so. so I did pray to God then, but I had absolute, I have, I'm so dumb when it comes to religion because <laughs> I wasn't raised on it. Like people yeah, make religious fair, fair jokes enough. and I'm yeah. like, I don't get it. Like a Mary. And I'm like, <laughs> that is a funny name i guess yeah 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 Yeah. so wait why would you pray to god if you didn't i mean so you say you you had like you had a concept of god yeah okay well well, like what's your relationship with with religion or god okay so i now like i believe now that there's like a higher source but i don't picture that person as god i don't picture it with a beard no i believe like that there is a greater source uh, let's say like i uh, let's say like i call it source like i believe like i'm i listen to abraham hicks who's like do you know who that is i don't it's this woman who like channels the spirit Abraham and she talks about like source in the universe and like believing things and they come to like, okay. I believe in the universe. I call it the universe. I'll say that. Like, sure. I, I will like trust in the universe and I will like turn to that. And I like do all that kind of hocus pocus type shit. <laughs> okay. So I believe that there is something else. So like manifestation, like you do the manifesting. Yeah. And I do believe, cause like when I was a kid, I do believe there's some, some, yeah, I do the manifesting. Um, a try to, but I do trust now. Like I believe that there's something there that has mm-hmm. helped me out. Mm-hmm. Um, because like when I was a kid, okay. 
when I was a kid, I had some pretty crazy shit happen to me the first, like, seven years of my life. I was in a bank robbery, held at gunpoint. Oh, my gosh. When I was, like, four years old. And then I saw a plane crash two years later. Maybe a year later. So I saw, like, I saw two crazy things happen. And it made me be, like, shit actually happens. But yeah, yeah. I think because I heard of God, because people would talk about God. Okay. My grandma like gave me a cross necklace, but she never like told me. No one ever taught what me it was for. Yeah, interesting. Like it was like I knew there was the Bible. Yeah, I knew she had it. Like everybody had the religious shit, but no one ever um, talked no one about ever, like, it. Talked about it. Yeah, like the particulars so, of it. Yeah, and yeah. so when I would get panicky, so I just remember um, times when like. Um, like my great aunt got cancer and I was like, I, yeah, I had a list of what I would say to God at night. And I said, God, because people talked about God. And I was like, I guess I should be praying. Mm -hmm. And I remember being like, am I supposed to be on the end of my bed like this? And that felt weird to me, but I would like sometimes do it. And then I would lie in bed like this and pray. (laughs) And then I'd be like, are my prayers even going to come true? I'm not doing it right. Yeah. And shit, I prayed for would happen okay and like the woman stopped getting sick and i was like she had cancer and it went away and i was like i prayed for that yeah and then like i was really as i said really obsessed with war so when 9 11 happened yeah even though i was out of the god phase but i still was like guys i said no war please yeah yeah (laughs) remember yeah Yeah. (laughs) so i i felt very like i didn't have a religion but i did think that there was like it was helpful for me to think that there was something to turn to. Yeah. I had a lot of synchronicity in my life. Like I Mm -hmm. had a lot of times where I was saved or like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would call that proof. You had a lot of proof that God existed. Yeah. 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 Yeah, You'd call that proof. (laughs) 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 So, I mean, do you believe, so now you believe in like a universe or sort of a source, some kind of force that, that, are, is it guiding us? Is it guiding you? Or what's our relationship? You know, is what's your relationship with the force now with the source? My relationship is that um, my relationship is that if you, I think that it is guiding us, but I think that it's not guiding everybody. If you are closed off to it and you're not open to see like what's being led, like I'll even, I can tell, like, I'll be like, Oh my God, I have not been paying attention at all Hmm. or like when um so i think that it guides i think it takes work to get the guidance Mm -hmm. and if you're not doing the work you won't really be led or if you're not opening up your eyes to it or like my like i'll say to my something will happen to my friend and i'll be like yeah that's like the universe you know Mm -hmm. so i think that it's so that's that's it's so hard because it's like, yeah, bad things happen to people. And it's like, I, that was the other thing I couldn't wrap my head around with God. When I was a kid, I was like, if there's a God, then why do bad things happen to these people? Why are countries fighting? Why? I didn't understand that. I was like, how does everybody not see of people crash? Yes. Yeah. 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 So I think that, 
I don't know. I, I don't know if Source, like, looks out for everybody because, like, especially being in L.A. and seeing, like, the homeless and, like, don't you see these people? And I just think, like, fuck, you had bad luck, man. Like, yeah, like, it's crazy to think that you were a human before this. Yeah. Um, no, they're still human. Sheesh. No, well, they are, <laughs> but, like, they're not. Like, they're not present with what's going on. They don't. Not at all. Not, I mean, yeah. I oh, think yeah. some... I'm talking about like the the drugged up ones. Yeah, yeah. And see, like, I guess and I feel right, so bad. And right. I'm just like, yeah. How did this happen? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think schizophrenia. Right. That's how it happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is mental illness. Some is yeah. drug induced, but most I think is not drug induced. It's certainly yeah. not helped by the drug abuse. But yeah. yeah, I think some it's bad luck. Some it's bad choices. Most it is. Yeah. Uh, mental illness, mental yeah. health issues. So, uh, interesting. So, so okay. So many questions. First, okay. I have to know about the plane crash. Where were you when this plane <laughs> crashed? Um, I was at an air show in Toronto on the okay. lake on Lake Ontario, All right. and it was a German bomber. And well, I, mean, I can send you coming. the link. Yeah. Well, there you go. This was recorded on YouTube. Well, I didn't know until just recently, like two years ago or a year ago, someone looked it up and they're like, oh, was this it? And it was recorded. And I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. And I was so traumatizing to witness again. It was, you know, what's weird is it went faster in the video than it did in real life. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, isn't there a phenomenon that when we experience trauma time seems to slow down our our brain kind of slows uh, processing yeah, down maybe i, I might have just know. made that up yeah it was it was it maybe that would make sense like because it was going i was in a boat for the mm-hmm. air show my mom worked at a news station and we were in the middle of the lake and we were by the crash zone which like was the best spot but you can only go there because she worked for a news station oh my god so it's coming around Jeez. and it's letting off sparks and i yep. love fireworks and i was like, so you're just like the yeah. fireworks says fireworks and it went literally over top of us and i remember it being so low and looking up and like see it was so it was like when you watch planes land it was so low yeah and then it just went down in front of me and just hit the water and exploded oh my gosh that's crazy that is crazy no fire though just like water explosion yeah impact yeah oh pilot dead on impact everybody dead on impact and then like the seats were floating by us oh my gosh the plane oh nikki that's awful it was oh my gosh and how old were you you said you were four no i was like six or seven oh okay Jeez, that's the perfect time you're just making lasting memories yeah yeah Yeah. wow all right so uh okay i just needed to know that okay uh (laughs) that's crazy so had you ever been drawn to religion or just to this idea of God? So I was never drawn to religion. Um, creeped me out a little bit. Churches creeped me out. Yeah. I didn't like how they smelled. Okay. I That's didn't like. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I went to ballet there. I didn't like how they smelled. Everything seemed dirty. And when you say I churches, are you talking about Catholic church or what kind of church are you talking about? Like you went and did dance. 
Couldn't at a Lutheran you. church. Oh, I have no idea. Okay, have you no, have no idea. Like legitimately no idea. Yeah, fair like, enough. It was just it looked like a church. It smelled like a church. It's yeah, and it was a funny church. smelling church. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah fair enough. And ugh, yeah, I don't like church. <laughs> so no, no on the church, but you're okay with this idea of God. Yeah. How do you feel um, like your abandonment issues dealt with? You know, or or morphed into like. I guess really interacted with your idea of God or affected your idea of God? Um, that's a good question. To be honest, I didn't think I didn't know about my abandonment issues until like three years ago, two years well, ago. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But I mean, so, yeah. Oh, so you think that they affected. I don't think many seven year olds are like, yeah, I feel so abandoned by <laughs> I, I need God. And I, I mean, imagine I, God this way because I knew that, like, I knew that I had an issue. Like, I knew that I couldn't have long-distance relationships my mm. whole life. I knew that. Like, I yeah. just got bored. I mean, most um, people know that. But, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah. But I guess I don't know how it affected my abandonment issues, affected the God thing in the religion thing. I'm trying to think if I ever read any religion whatsoever. I've read about Buddhism mm-hmm. I did last year. I like that. Yeah. Buddhism. What, what did you like about Buddhism? Um, I liked the openness. Um, I liked that it was very much like I could relate to a lot. Of, a lot of the things that they were saying were things that I have thought on my own. Mm-hmm. So I, I couldn't actually tell you anything off the bat right now. Well, like, do you believe in reincarnation? I hope there's reincarnation. Oh, okay. I don't know for sure. Here's my thing though. Okay. Yeah. yeah. My house that I lived in when I was a kid was yeah. haunted. Oh. My mom has oh, seen my gosh. a lot yeah. of ghosts. No kidding. My mom saw my dad's dad's ghost. Wow. Yeah. So like, that's why I don't really know about reincarnation and maybe yeah. that could affect like me think believing in God is like, then answer who these ghosts are. Like, who are these people? Sure. Sure. Like my house was so haunted that my mom would have people over and they'd be in the basement and they would hear the front door open, shut footstep, footstep, footstep. And everyone was like, we have to get our purses. We have to get our purses. And my oh mom was my like, no gosh. one's upstairs. Like really crazy shit. That is crazy. So yeah. did you feel like it was an evil ghost or so, was it always just kind of talked about as restless spirits? You know what uh, I mean? It seems like it was half evil, half not. The, okay. My okay. mom said that. I don't so remember it. A normal it. person. Well, the story about him was, what happened was, first of all, I would be talking to the wall and she'd be like, who are you talking to? And I'd be like, the man. The oh man. my gosh. I'm going to, I'm going to have to stop this podcast. This is freaking me out. Okay. Yeah. So you're just some freaky girl talking to the wall. Cause you see a, a ghost <laughs> go on. You were dressed and in an all white little gown. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're talking, talking to this to ghost. Yeah. yeah, she said I did it a lot. Like I'd be having like da 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 yeah. and it'd be like downstairs, I'd be upstairs. And um wow. when I think about it, like okay, at first my parents would tell me once I started to form a memory. Mm. I remember my dad 
my mom and dad would like talk, they were separated, but they would talk about this person. And I'd be like, oh yeah, who was the person that was living with us? Like, I'd be like, who was the guy that was living with us? Oh my gosh. And they would be like, oh, that was just a guy Nobody. that <laughs> came in and out. Like, yeah. And so I like- That died a while ago. Yeah, like, <laughs> I actually remember, like, I remember wow. thinking to myself and saying, oh guys but what's the, who's the guy that lived with us? like i remember yeah. i remember saying it do you remember what he looked like i don't know if it's my brain making it up yeah but i remember like i really i'm careful to say this because i really don't know if i'm making it up but i do i see a face of like brown hair like a bit of a like uh goatee sort of beard but what happened was my mom called the Toronto Psychic Society to come in and figure out what was going on. Sure. Do you believe in this stuff? Uh, somewhat. Okay. I do um, somewhat. Okay. So they yeah. got the Toronto Psychic Society to come in. Yep. And they were like, there's a spirit here. Yeah. And they did this whole like seance thing. Yeah. And to prove like before they talked about like the ghost, they turned to my mom and was like, your dad is with us. And he says not to get a divorce. And no one knew that my parents were getting a divorce. Oh but my they were. gosh. So my parents met because both of their dads had just died within one month of each other. Uh-huh. And they, my dad was drumming at a wedding and he met my mom and they bonded over wow. their dad's death. And like, they would st- like, they would read like psychic books together, spiritual stuff. Yeah. And they like, that's how, that's what brought them together. But those yeah. two would, never be together otherwise sure so just to give you a bit of a backstory so like yeah they're both their dads had died and so anyways the turns out that the story just told you that to like kind of give the psychics like some clout they found they said that the guy that lived there they said his name and they said that he used to beat his daughter and throw her down the stairs and they wanted my mom's forgiveness because he was on the third plane they said before he went crossed over okay couldn't cross over until he got forgiveness interesting she was like like, no i'm not forgiving him for that wow and then they were like well he's not going to go over and she was like okay fine i forgive you oh jeez. but i don't know if they worked so that, <laughs> wow. so that to me, yeah. knowing that story has shaped my view of things. And okay. then I'm like, so, okay, if that guy was stuck in purgatory, let's call it. Yeah. Then does that mean like good people like my grandma are just reincarnated and gone? Or like, do you have a little bit of time up there to haunt your, you know sure. what I mean? Like, I yeah. don't, I believe in reincarnation. I don't know, to be honest. Yeah. I Death is a huge fear of mine. I had panic mm. attacks when I was a kid. I can yeah. spiral. I like will start crying and hyperventilating. I hate death. All I right. That's what death was. Let's get off this topic immediately. Okay. Yeah. Next. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you believe in an afterlife? No. Uh, we'll move on to something <laughs> completely different. <laughs> I could not resist. So let me, all right, I'll tell you why I sort of believe in ghosts, and then we'll move to the segment that I find the most entertaining, which is where I let you ask me, what's the deal with Mormons? Okay. So here's why I sort of believe in ghosts, and this is perhaps a lesser known uh, belief of my faith. 
but we believe after you die, you go to one of two uh, kind of mental or spiritual states. You either go to spirit prison or you go to spirit paradise. And the division is dependent upon whether or not you have been baptized in this life. So you could be a very good person, not have known about Jesus Christ, not have been in contact with anybody from my faith, never have been baptized, but you're a great person. You go to spirit prison, okay? But my faith also believes that we teach uh, each other about the gospel after death. So those in spirit paradise go to spirit prison and tell these people about God, about Jesus Christ, about, and then, you know, about what they need to do. And in our temples, we do what we call baptisms for the dead. So these people can then be baptized by proxy and they're, you know, they can, as you'd say, cross over from spirit prison to spirit paradise. All that to be said, we don't think of these two places as actual physical places, like spirit paradise isn't in LA and spirit prison isn't in New York, for instance, okay? It is more just mental states of being after you've passed. But we do believe that the spirit world is on this earth with us. So this is where my belief of ghosts is, I think, somewhat founded in my own spirituality, my own faith. So I do think we can interact with these spirits because they're still around with us for good or for ill, right? I think they're, they're like demon people out there that conjure hateful people from, from the past, who knows, to do certain things. I think it's possible. Freaks me out. Freaks me out. I think you should be more freaked out by the fact that you just called it spirit prison and spirit paradise. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think that's pretty apt. I think it's pretty apt. Uh, some people oh feel trapped. Some people feel free, baby. Oh my God. So. Honestly, my thing with religion is I just feel like they're all a cult. And like, <laughs> I, it freaks me out. I feel like everybody's brainwashed. I think, yeah. I think it's amazing for everyone to believe in like what I believe in a source. And if you want to call it God, that's totally fine. Yeah. But I think there's so much war based on religion because everybody's like, mine's right. Mine's right. When really it's everybody just wanting to believe that there's something bigger than us mm. in order to survive our journey. And we're fighting over it where it's all just fictional stories to comfort every type of person. Well, maybe so. I mean, but you know, mine is correct. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see Nikki. We'll just have to wait and see. (laughs) All right. Are you ready? Are you ready? You're in a cult. Yeah, let's go. That's my first question. Do you realize you're in a cult? I am. It's a trick question. I object, Your Honor. I object to the form of the question leading. Uh, I don't think I'm in a cult. I don't think I'm in a cult. I don't think, I mean, I guess it depends on how you define a cult. Do you wonder, okay, are we in this segment? Do I just ask you questions? What's the deal with Mormons, Nikki? What's the deal with Mormons? What do you want to ask me? Do you, even as a religious person, do you not wonder why there aren't more of you? Hmm? Uh, what What do you think is the reason? Well, I think, I think there are lots of reasons. I mean, finally, I think we each choose in the end what we believe. So some people choose not to believe what I believe, and that's totally fine. Um, 
you know, people have a lot of different reasons for believing what they believe. Uh, so no, I don't wonder why there aren't more of me. Okay. But like, do you, I mean, I mean this, clearly there should be right. This but, is yeah. So yeah. your wife's Mormon. Yeah. Your kids are Mormon. Yeah. I mean, so far since we don't let them have their own lives. Yeah. Are you going to make them not have sex? Did you have sex before you were married? No. Are you going to no. make your kids do that? Well, I mean, since my parents accompanied me on every single date I went on until I was 24. Oh, my God. Oh no, my God. that didn't really happen, oh Nikki. Oh, my God. But no, I did not, I did not have intercourse uh, before getting married. And yeah, I'm going to tell my kids that that's the way to go. That's no. Way to go. Do you For realize sure. that you're going to raise sure. losers? <laughs> you can't do that in this day and age. I think you can, actually. There are quite a few studies that talk about how happy people are with their sexual partner if they have had no other sexual partners before, right? And they talk to married couples who have been very sexually active before marriage, and the happiness factor is higher for those who were not sexually active. And sure, you could say it's because they didn't know what they were missing, but in the end, does it matter? No, because they're happier. If you think you're happier, are you happier? Yes. Yes, you Okay, are. okay, okay. But like arguments, yeah. for argument's sake, we're sure. in the year 2020. What, what, year did your, what year did your religion start? Well, this is a tough question. I will answer both. Okay, so, so the Latter-day Saint religion with Joseph Smith, 1830, right around there. Uh, but we believe that we have the same gospel that was taught to Adam and Eve. So beginning of time, I guess. Okay. So here's the thing, <laughs> beginning in time versus now, like yeah. things are changing in the world. Yeah. People like all for the better are- or for the worse. Do you think all things are changing for the better, Nikki? Or do you think all things are changing for the worse? Or is it a mix? Well, if we talk about the, if we talk about technology, yeah. the worse if we talk what? about the way <laughs> if we talk about the way that people are treated equality yeah. better yeah okay so yeah. if you think about like you guys are following rules that okay same with like the way the government works same like all of it is so old school so now your kids are being are going to grow up in a new world as yeah. opposed and it's going to be ever forever changing sure that it's kind of crazy that even not just your religion but these religions where it's like don't have sex before you're married mm-hmm. are expecting people of new generations to follow those rules when they've never been changed to conform with the way that the world is now well see i don't think necessarily that societal changes when it comes to so so here's what i'll say there are aspects about society that have absolutely changed for the better right male female equality we're not quite there yet but it's clearly going in the right direction which is i suppose traditionally against religion in the broad sense and that's fine i think that's good that it's changing that way uh you know treatment of those who are not of the same um, outlook, you know, treatment of the LGBTQ community, obviously getting better. That is very good. I don't know exactly why uh, those even in my faith have mistreated those who are homosexual, 
because the Bible teaches us and Christ's way is to be kind and loving to all people. So mm-hmm. I think there's been, I th- you know, some misunderstandings some mispractice of religion that has led to some really terrible things. Um, but I don't think it's better, you know, that people are having more sex before marriage. I don't think that's a good thing. Okay. So, okay. Should we be healthier about, so, so I guess here's the other thing. I don't think it's an either or, right? Like my kids already know what, at least my daughter who is eight, she knows what sex is. My wife and I are very open with her about sex. And my parents were really open with me about sex. Like I don't ever remember a time when I didn't know what sex was. So I think there is a way to raise children who are not afraid to talk about sex, who are not afraid to talk about their emotions, their desires when it comes to sexual things, uh, but still not have sex before they are ready to have sex. Wait a second. You, you, talk to your parents about your emotional sexual desires when you were a kid uh just that like i wanted to have sex yeah you'd be like yo dad i want to have sex my my dad actually initiated a lot of these conversations he was like look you're going to be going through puberty you're going to want to have sex you're going to want to masturbate you're going to want to look at pornography and are these you, are all, were you allowed to masturbate i mean allowed to masturbate you can but it's considered sinful you know, so did something. you? Yeah, because I was I was a okay. typical adolescent. Okay. Yeah. And then did you stop because you were like, oopsies? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Do you? I have so many questions. I'm going to stay on the sex topic though. Oh, okay. Um. Do you? Are you? Do you find that like? Are you a very sexual person? Like, I'm just thinking yeah. if you weren't able, if you weren't masturbating a lot, you're not going to be as sexual. And I openly will be like, I didn't masturbate until I was like 20, man, like 23, probably. Like, I just was really like, I thought, I don't know, was there a God telling me not to? I don't know. But <laughs> sure. so yeah. I find that I'm not as like, I'll have sex and like, I used to be way more promiscuous in my twenties when I was like drinking and like was like wasn't dating anybody. But yeah. I find that being sexually, I feel like not being open and free to masturbate and being like comfortable with myself mm. has deterred me from being comfortable with myself now. Mm. So, like, do you find that? So I'm just. Yeah, no, there are definitely things about sexuality that I'm not like 100% comfortable discussing, right? Mm -hmm. But I do think it is a special uh, aspect of my life that I talk about those things and work about talking about those things with my wife. Like we have grown together sexually, which I think Mm -hmm. is the way it should be. And the reason I think it's that that is the way it should be is a lot of my faith is based on sex not being an awful thing but instead being a God-given power. Like the end goal of those in my faith is to become like Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother. So we believe God is, you know, Heavenly Father and married to Heavenly Mother and that that is where we come from. We are their spirit children who get physical bodies through our earthly parents. So our goal is to become these heavenly parents for a whole new generation of spirit babies. 
So in that way, sex is like a very holy thing that really should only be practiced between a man and wife. Okay. So what about though, because you guys won't know this, but it is true that like, yeah, you can have like a different kind of sexual energy, just like animals, right? Like the pheromones and the smells of other people or like the way that like I have a friend who when she would have sex with like the one, this one guy, she'd always get a UTI and it was like a certain kind of dick, no joke that like sure. gave her a UTI. Sure. So it's like, how do you know what it like in your head? Like you're like, well, we didn't know any other experience with anyone else. So we're yeah. happy, but there, yeah. we are animals. So like there are going to be some people that you don't know if you actually are compatible with sexually. And then now you've married them and you're stuck with them. Like, yeah, you know, I, I think there is some of that same sexual energy that happens when you kiss someone, when you cuddle with someone, when you make out with someone that is indicative, but, uh, you know, indicative of the way it would be if you were to have sex with that person. So I don't think it's necessary to know if you're going to be physically compatible. I don't think it's necessary to, to have sex to know if you're going to be physically compatible with someone. Okay, so now I'm wondering about uh, w- about your leader, the okay. guy Which that one? went Jesus? into the forest <laughs> and Joseph found Smith. everything written on a gold. What was it? So Joseph Smith, uh, when he was 14, prayed about. Uh, which church he should join. This is a very abbreviated version of his story and received a vision where Jesus essentially told him, Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ told him to restore the gospel that had been lost from the earth. And he would receive instructions on how to do that. And he was later visited by an angel Moroni who showed him, told him where to find these gold plates. So he translated gold plates. That's, I think, what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those gold plates became the Book of Mormon. So like... Yeah. Look, you just came back from talking about how you believe in ghosts. So... I know. It's true. But I saw them with my (laughs) eyes. (laughs) Yeah, and you know... I have felt that the scriptures, the principles, the events in the Book of Mormon actually happened. Okay. Have you read any other religion? By have you read any other religion? You mean like any other religious texts? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if I really have. Uh, no. No, I have studied about other religions, but I have not read any other religious scripture. Okay. So, okay. Because for me to hear this guy say, this is what I was told. I'm going to go do this. Mm -hmm. Like, how can you just trust him? Like, do you know how many people do that? Yeah. Cult leaders do that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Mormonism was considered a cult for a long time and is still considered a cult by some countries. And what do you um, think of that? I mean, it's fine. You know, I think it depends on how you define cult, right? And, and what separates a cult from a religion. Some people don't define them differently at all. You know, a cult is, is um, a group of people that worship or follow an individual uh, regardless of 
you know, their own thoughts or misgivings or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I think religion is a very personal thing. Um, yeah. And that's, and honestly, I do think that whatever helps people get by, you know, like yeah. I do, I do believe like what I believe in, uh, if I'm feeling off, I'll go to like a healer. Like I have this healer that I go to and she sure. tells me like what my guide said, which is like the yeah. same thing that people do in a group, but mine's more personal to me. Like it'll like say stuff, but that's yeah. what I have to turn to. Yeah. But well, and see, I, and that sounds more hocus pocusy to me than oh, uh, than what I'm I believe. I'm not saying you're hocus pocus. I'm <laughs> saying you're in a cult. That's what I'm saying because mine doesn't have rules. Mine's just like, what do I need to yeah, believe in? Right. But like, then, you know, what good is it if it doesn't have rules, Nikki? It's the best. It's it's <laughs> it's for your own personal well being. It's it's okay. your own personal journey and but, i don't want to be dictated right. by a group of people that yep. say you didn't do what we're all doing so now you're kicked out like that's not sure. we're all spirit and individual yeah and i think that's a very fair point but how do you get better as a person without limits well i feel like i am getting better as a person without limits and I think that you have to stop and reflect and look at yourself and mm-hmm. be okay with like, um, okay. So for example, if like, there's a bunch of bad stuff happening to me, yeah, I am not like, I don't look at it anymore. Like I'm not, I'm the world sucks. I'm not lucky. I now am like, what am I doing wrong? What have I blocked? what did I, what's, where's my brain at? What's going on? What, like, what is causing this occurrence? That's so, yeah. What are you going to say? Well, I was just going to say that's interesting because that is also a very religious idea where good things happen to you because you are being righteous. I don't think that's an accurate portrayal of how we interact with God. Like, I don't think God is up there being like, oh, you did X, Y, and Z. That was really good. So I'm going to give you these blessings. Oh and if yeah, you're no. Doing bad things, then bad things are going to happen to you. No, it's more so how it, how in tune I am, and open mm-hmm. and aware, and even if I'm like not in touch with myself, or if I'm thinking negative thoughts, or if if I'm, I've realized a lot about myself in the past five years by going to therapy, but then also yeah. working with healers, but realizing sure. like all the shit that I've done, like. I've created or I have contributed to perhaps or yeah. 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 Well, and and I think that's very fair. Yeah. But I mean, even then, aren't you giving yourself rules and things that you need to do strategies that you need to implement? Yes. To avoid these bad situations. You are right. But see, that's the way I view religion. There are rules. They are my own personal rules that no one else can judge me if I break them. Sure. I am, I'm allowed to create my own rules freely Mm -hmm. to, yeah, without judgment, without dictation, without repercussion, without um, all of that. But like, for example, let's like the freedom of sex, whatever you're raising your kids. But like, I did go through a phase where I was like 
promiscuous. And then all of a sudden I stepped back and I was like, Nope, no more. And like, I made that rule for myself and I'd like, I was like, you know, so. Yeah. But why, why would you make that rule for yourself? Cause it just felt, it felt right at the moment. Like I was like, I've had enough. That was enough of that. And I'm not going to have sex with anybody until they're going to be my boyfriend now. I just was like, I'm over it. Until they're Um, in a committed relationship with you. Yeah. Yeah. Or for all time and eternity, maybe. Maybe. (laughs) All I'm saying is I, I totally respect that. And I think I, I agree with you that when it comes to religion, there's a lot of societal pressure surrounding Mm -hmm. following certain rules that is unhealthy totally agree with you totally agree with you uh but i also think that there's this aspect of religion that a lot of our generation and the next generation really overlook which is this why don't we trust history why don't we trust a lot of other lived experiences that have led to some of these rules right so so like the sex thing, right? Like the mm-hmm. celibacy uh, or abstinence before marriage and then celibacy after. All right. I said abstinence before marriage and celibacy after marriage, which obviously makes no sense. I messed up. I meant monogamous. You know, you're monogamous with your spouse. You know, no sex with other people. That's what I meant. Not celibacy. I messed up. I think that is a a proven method to happiness for a lot of people. But okay, if we think of history and we think Mm -hmm. of birth control and how there wasn't any, maybe, just maybe these religions made up this rule because people who had sex before marriage were then having babies and that was shunned upon and then the babies were killed or the people were killed and they were witches and they were this, like maybe these rules were made because they didn't have birth control. But I did see something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The the one thing that, that made me off of religion was there was this documentary um, and it proved that the cross Mm -hmm. and how religion started was actually made up of people's belief in astrology and when Mm. the sun set and that, and they didn't, and like the God is made up of the uh, astrological chart Mm. and and the way that the sun rose and then it set. And so people didn't have a concept of like what the world earth was. And Mm -hmm. so that's how God developed. Interesting. I would, and I would love to see this documentary. I'll send it to you. Yeah, and do. on top yeah. of it, I'm like, don't you think it would, the world would be a more peaceful place if there wasn't a divide in religion? And if everybody did believe in just, let's call it God. Well, and- uh, I mean, maybe, maybe. I think what we would have had was fights over oil, perhaps, which we still have. You know, yeah. I think we would have had fights over, over slavery, which we still would have had, yeah. which was partially based in religion, I guess. But I think we would have fought over different things. Okay. So my last, my one other question yeah. is, are you going to be mad if your kids have sex? No, no, I don't think anger is the right. I mean, so here's what I'll say. I would like to not be mad. I'm an imperfect person, so I probably will be upset, but 
uh, I'm going to have to work very hard to not be upset. I think when people make those kinds of decisions, it is uh, based on a lot of factors. And me being mad at my daughter or my son for doing that will not help them uh, think about themselves well, if that makes sense. I mean, my first priority is that my kids are, are happy. And I don't think my religion prevents that, if that makes sense. Okay. You know? And what if they don't want to be Mormon anymore? Cause I, I know a guy yeah. who was Mormon mm-hmm. and he didn't have sex. He was with his girlfriend till he was 33. Yeah. He soaked. Soaked? Soaking. Yeah, where you just stick your flaccid dick in the oh, there. Oh gosh. Yeah, that's not a real thing. I mean, you know, it's not a, it's not, it's not a loophole. Okay. Anyhow, go on. Yeah. Okay, so that, and yeah. then they finally had sex, well, and you mean she they, was like, they did it again. But yeah, yeah go on. Yeah, and then, <laughs> but she had told him that she actually lost her virginity to someone else while they were in the relationship because she was Ooh. so sexually frustrated. Ooh. Well, how long did they date? Like 10 years. Yeah. See, that is terrible. I think people, you know, they should have, yeah. they should have gotten married. If they were going to be together that long, they should have gotten married so they could have had sex and then they would still be together. Okay. You know, or maybe not. I mean, some people get divorced because things just don't work out, but. Are you guys allowed to get divorced? Yeah. I mean, so, so uh, I guess the thing, like you keep asking it in a way that's like, you're allowed. Uh, It's not encouraged, (laughs) you know, but we're allowed to do a lot of things uh, that are not encouraged. Divorce is not encouraged, but it's not like you get excommunicated or kicked out of the religion for being, you know, for getting divorced. But are people like, ooh, Seth's divorced? There's it's like the 1940s. I think it depends on the reason for for the divorce. If if you get divorced and it's pretty well known, like if I divorce my wife because she's uh, pretty well known for earning all of our money, for being a fantastic person, yeah, I think I would be like, what was wrong with you? You did something, mm-hmm. something was mm-hmm. happening, something was going on. But there are tons of cases where uh, typically the woman is being abused and she gets divorced. Those cases are not met, I don't think, with the social stigma of like, well, oh, she messed up, you know, mm-hmm. she's, she's whoring around. Um, so we're allowed to get divorced. I think the cultural stigma depends on why and probably communities opinion of the husband and wife but yeah you're allowed you're allowed to get divorced okay yeah okay i guess that's all my questions man this was a great discussion (laughs) this was really good i i hope people enjoy it this is not you asked some very good questions because typically i get like are mormons still polygamy like do they still practice polygamy and you know softball questions yeah you you went for the heart you went for the heart and guts that was good (laughs) i do it's just my thing with religion i just like i don't know i just i just feel like since i was a kid i was like that i just like would have these profound to me thoughts of like wait a second if everybody realized this then everything would be okay well yeah i mean i you know i think the same thing if people just realized that we could all be gods and goddesses after everything would be pretty cool 
you asked me if I was going to be upset if my children didn't want to be Mormon yeah. anymore. Yeah. No. I mean, again, it'd be sort of the same kind of, I would be sad. I would be curious and hope that they would talk to me about why they didn't want to be Mormon anymore. Uh, I have a brother who's pretty open about his issues with the church and with the faith. Um, and he's what are not, his issues? He's not super active anymore. Oh. Um, he, he had a lot of issues with something called the Mountain Meadow Massacre. Um, so there was a war over Utah uh, and you know, some, some sort of military issues when Utah was becoming a state. And a lot of the saints, so a lot of the followers of the faith, right? So just so you understand, I don't know how much you know about my church's history. Uh, in America, started in New York, right? They're kind of kicked out of the East and they slowly moved West and eventually moved all the way to Utah and essentially claimed it as, you know, Zion. So uh, as they did missionary work and, and brought people into the faith, they all started moving to Utah. So Utah became, you know, Mormon Mecca. And as it got bigger, they wanted to be a state so they could get, you know, some of the rights that were federally uh, allowed and all that nonsense. And in order to do that, there was some, you know, conflict, right? During the conflict, there was something that happened called the Mountain Meadow Massacre, where a group of Mormons were escorting uh, some just normal people out of Utah and killed them all, like all of them. This was like a couple hundred people that they killed, if I remember right. And uh, it was terrible. And the church organization, there was, uh, I think, some kind of uh, nuance and mystery about how high up this plot went to kill all of these people. And at some point it was suggested that the prophet knew that this was going to happen and did nothing to stop it. I think, uh, and the prophet at the time was Brigham Young. Joseph Smith had been killed in Missouri a few years before this. Um, I think most of those have been debunked. That is that Brigham Young, the prophet at the time had no idea that this was going on. Um, and if he did, that he had strongly discouraged it. And a lot of church leaders strongly discouraged it, but it happened anyway. And then the church decided uh, to cover it up. And so it wasn't really talked about for quite a while. And so my brother had a lot of issues with that. It is now pretty openly discussed. I don't remember ever not knowing that it happened. Um, but for whatever reason, he felt like that was an issue. He has some other issues, I think more theological issues about Joseph Smith as a person and his you know, portrayal of God and relationship with God. Um, there are certainly aspects of the church that have not been uh, you know, excellent, right? We didn't allow as a faith, we didn't allow those of African descent to hold the priesthood until like the 1960s, something like that. Um, or 1970s. Anyway, it was pretty late, you know. So he had he had also some issues with polygamy that ended in 1890. Um, yeah. So he has he has a lot of there are a lot of things that we could uh, you know be upset about with the Mormon faith. Um, but but you're like you know what? Well, I think some of it is that I separate the church as an organization from the gospel that it teaches. Mm. Um, and yeah, 
I, I, I don't know if that's a commonly held belief within my faith, but I do think that the church as an organization has made many mistakes in the past and it will continue to make mistakes because it's led by people on this earth. I think the gospel is led by, you know, Jesus Christ, a perfect individual, and it, that won't ever change. So. So would you ever be like, Hey kids, this is our religion. When they start to learn about religion in school and like mm-hmm. people are like, ha ha, you're Mormon because like, you know, sure. people make fun of Mormons. Yeah. 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 Um, will you ever be like, you guys are each individuals like because i feel like parents with kids now are very much like you want to be a boy girl cat dog you can right. be whatever you want to be right and Which so like stupid but yeah <laughs> but like but um would you ever like tell them that this is your religion but they're free to like do whatever they want or you're like gonna keep hush hush about that uh, no, no, no. I mean, I, I've attended, like I went to a Harry Krishna service when I was at BYU um, and attended some other Unitarian faith service as well. Very interesting. I, I don't see a problem if my kids are like, hey, we're starting to learn about these other religions. I want to go. LA is a perfect place to be like, let's find, let's find it. Or you can find just about anything out here. Um, no, I would be fine with them exploring another faith and even going, I would attend it with them. But I would say, you know, this, you know, we raise you as a Latter-day Saint. And um, if you can't explain to me why this other religion for you is better, then I'm going to struggle supporting you in that other religion. But it's clearly your choice. It's their choice. That all being said, we do baptize people in our faith at the age of eight years old. So we get them pretty early, pretty early. I thought you were going to say 80. I was like, well, you're really trying to get everybody in, aren't you? (laughs) Well, no, I mean, you can get baptized at any age. We just count the age of accountability. That is when you can make a decision about whether or not you want to continue in this faith or in this path. Yeah, eight is very early. early. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But you're also forming memories. You're forming relationships with people that will last you're um, forming your brain when it's still yeah. mushy and you don't really know what's going on. Yeah, sure. But you know, there's nothing that will prevent her from exploring other religions in the future. I'm fine with that. Honestly, I'm okay with that. But, uh, but yeah, she's, she's going to be raised with Latter-day Saint ideals, Latter-day Saint beliefs. I think all with yeah. sort of the caveat that, as I said before, you know, religion is a very personal thing. So there are certain rules or aspects of the church that are not rules or aspects of the gospel. So there are Mm -hmm. certain aspects of the church that I think like how long we have church for on any given Sunday is totally arbitrary, you know, and under this pandemic, we're doing all church at home, which has been fantastic. So we have, you know, a spiritual message that's about two minutes long and we do our sacrament, our bread and water, and then we're done for the day. Right. Um, yeah. Sounds so, to me like you don't really want to go to church anymore. There are aspects of going to church that are tough and challenging. Sure. Uh, but it is, you know, it's a community uh, experience, right? So there are certain aspects of it when it comes back that are really good, really beneficial. Um, but for now, it's a great excuse not to have to go. Yeah, sounds so. like 
You're ready to rebel. <laughs> she says, hopefully. No, no rebellion from me, Nikki. At least One not day. yet. Maybe. I'm gonna get him. I'm going to start a podcast called I'm going to get <laughs> Seth to... Ah! <laughs> that's Run great well religion. i would love to be a guest on your podcast <laughs> at some point and we can debate religion more this has been very entertaining i could i'd love debating religion it's fantastic well and see my what i hope to do with this podcast is not convert every comedian i talk to uh, <laughs> secondary goal uh, but no, first to just model, we had, I think a pretty heated, a pretty personal discussion and I don't think we hate each other after this. I think we've done this pretty well. Yeah. I think so, so too. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. hopefully people who listen to this and are having the same discussions with their family or friends can also learn like, Oh, I don't have to hate this person if I disagree with them about something. Right. Like you and I, I don't know if you've had anybody else like me, but we're on very opposite spectrum like i coming from no religion coming from no like that's where i really differ from a lot of people i don't really know anybody else that's ever gone to church ever so yeah no that is a new that is a new thing i have had people who are who are you know quote unquote devout atheists right uh people who are convinced there is no god and that's you know that's also a very different perspective than I. that is that's still that's still conforming to a group of people Oh, you're so nonconformist, Nikki. We're all so proud of you. I'm like happy in my bubble. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I'm excited for is when we all pass on to the other side. I'm not excited for that. I said I don't want to talk about that. And you have to recognize that I've been right this entire time. Oh, my God. <laughs> my worst nightmare. I thought I was afraid of death, and now I'm terrified because if I got you coming down, told you so. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I like, told you Fuck. so until after, you know, everything was cool. It'd be a couple years into the eternity, and then it'd be like, hey, Nikki, remember when I told you so? That was pretty fun. I'm going to be chilling in my ghost world, like yeah. hanging out with people and be like, no, fuck off. I'm, too, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and people can do that until the great judgment. And then we're all slotted into different heavens. That's going to be very exciting. Paradise. Like he couldn't come up with another name than paradise. Well, that's just part of it. That's just the immediate after death. And then there's judgment day where we all, you know, have to face our, our inner selves and realize that, we belong in a certain area of heaven, a certain, a certain glory of heaven. Yeah. Some of us are going to belong up with, up with the top dogs. Some of us are going to belong with the lower dogs. Okay. And that's just, you know, we're going to be where we're most comfortable. I, what I like about my faith when it comes to the trauma is we're all going to be really happy for the rest of forever. For the rest of forever. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that's that's a good reason to be in that religion if that's what you think. That's a positive guy right there. It's truly what I think, and I knew that at the end we would get you to convert. So I'm glad we'll set a date. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Like now we gotta soak, Matt. No more sex. Now we're just soaking all day. (laughs) No, remember that is not that is still cheating. That is not okay. You have to go, just tell Matt you're going into abstinence. You have to, (laughs) until you're serious, Matt, we we can't do this anymore. Until I got a ring on it. (laughs) My gosh. Nikki, it is so good to see you again. You too. It is so good to talk to you. Anything you want to plug? Anything uh, you got going on? Any podcasts Um, you're going to start? 
Yeah, I'm actually doing a podcast. I'm it's almost done, but I'm kind of waiting to release it where I teach my absentee dad how to be a father. Wow. What a great podcast. It's pretty funny and That's also like fun. really fuck, fucking annoying. Yeah. Like the guy doesn't get it. Like <sighs> I'm telling you, like I make progress and then we go back to like, it took like five episodes for him to be like, but what, what do we do? So what is it really is? like with your father? Yeah, with my dad. Wow. So, Cause like he was, he's a rock and roll guy. Oh, he was gone gosh. for a while. We started to reconnect in like mid twenties. Yeah. And then now he's like trying to be more in my life. So I was like, all right, this is what this dads is do. But because wow. he doesn't get it. Like when the, what made me realize he didn't get it was he'd be like, no, people think you're funny and you're sexy on stage. And I'm like, dad, you can't call me sexy. And he's like, why not? And I'm like, I don't understand. So like, it's actually like me teaching yeah. him what he can, I cannot say, but also like doing things like I got him to teach me about the birds and the bees and I get him to like do all the things that wow. he didn't have to do because I don't, I don't want to let him off the hook. Yeah. I'm like, what so, a great podcast, Nikki. Yeah. That is so fun. You have a title. Yeah. I'm still, I, I'm like debating between, four titles still it's hard to come up with a title for it because yeah. i was gonna make it how how to like how to be a father but mm -hmm. it needs to be something different so it's either mm. gonna be uh bobby's back okay or hey dad question mark oh or, or hey dad what the fuck because like <laughs> <laughs> because the, you liked that one the best because I, it's well. actually like stuff that he does is actually like yeah. and he's addicted to nicorette so okay he's chewing nicorette the whole time which is <laughs> why it's taking, it's taking me all of quarantine to edit and then sure. I'll be like, oh your gosh mouth. Like, he's oh just, gosh he's a child all the faux pas it's great that's amazing yeah, he's a space cadet so maybe that's what you could call it faux pas but faux pa, PA. faux pas there you go pretty good it's not bad. I'm just saying you can throw it in the mix. That's all I'm, I'm going to throw that in the mix. I yeah. like that too. Thanks. Yeah. No problem. Nikki, thank you. Where can people thank find you. you? Is it Instagram that you use most? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Instagram, Nikki Bon, N-I-K-K-I-B-O-N, Twitter, eh, the Nikki Bon. And yeah. then, I mean, I'm like on TikTok, but who knows what the... Can't wait for those TikTok bids. All right. Well, I'll put, I'll put the Instagram in the show notes for people who would like to follow you. Nikki's Thanks. fantastic. And when the world comes back, we are going to be in Arizona at some point with the World yes. Series of Comedy again. Uh, and she performs all over LA. So keep an eye out for when we can go out. Thanks, Nikki, so much. Thank you. All right. Happy 4th. Have a good weekend. Oh, yeah. Okay, you too. Thanks, Seth. Yeah. Bye. Bye.